Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening and welcome to night six of Online Darts Fallout Bar. Brought to you by our sponsors, Boyle Sports. A little technical hitch, but I was just reading through the comments in the chat room because the chat room is absolutely buzzing this evening, Dan, and well, wonder why. Is, wasn't it tonight? Like, this is really cool. We've got, we got everybody getting involved. It's top draw. How you doing, Dan? <laughs> I'm very good, but I tell you what, I just said to you before we came on, we have been absolutely spoiled rotten you and I these last few nights haven't we 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 have taken in some of the best action that that we've seen at a grand slam or on the grand slam stage you know in certainly in the last few years it's been an absolutely incredible run of a few days it's been superb on it yeah it's it's been a great night we'll just drop into the chat room first geez was in straight away just talking about josh rotten introduced himself to the world of darts. Craig was also in talking about Josh Roth nice and early. Daniel's mentioned you've got to bloody love the darts. That's about spot on on that. Darby's still talking about is Josh Roth developed or not. We also have Daniel in, as I mentioned, Tommy's in. Uh, a lot of talk already about the MVG and Josh Roth Dane. Rose is in. Dob, as I mentioned, Craig. It is a very, very busy chat room this evening, Dan. And I've got a feeling that is down to what a fantastic night of darts we've had and people just aren't enough. Yeah, it's it's been it has been a top draw night tonight. We we like I say, we've just been spoiled, haven't we? It was superb. Yeah, there's a there's a certain Dane that obviously we'll we'll talk about in a lot of detail because there's so much happening in it, but the start of the evening starting with Nathan Aspel and Jermaine Watamina. And a lot of this time was going to be dependent on Watamina's storing and getting those opportunities and if he could produce them. However, what was very impressive tonight for me on Nathan Aspinall was his 140s and 180s and getting in control of the lead nice and early and getting those opportunities. And for anyone who didn't see Nathan Aspinall come through with a 10-6 victory, averaging 97.49 and Jermaine Watamina 94.55. Your thoughts on this one, Dan? Um, I mean, it, it went 
it went largely the way that I thought it would, if, if I'm completely honest. Um, Aspinall just had too much. I think we, we, um, we've been used to seeing Nathan quite a lot recently in really scrappy battles and having to to really dig in and, 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 and dig out results. And that absolutely wasn't what we saw from him today. Um, you know, going into that first break, having, uh, sorry, well, going into the first break in play, having had two breaks of throw, looking very comfortable at 4-1 up. And and I, I didn't think, you know, when when what I mean have brought one back to bring that back to 5-3, and, and, but even then, there was no point really through the game that... Um, that I, I really thought what Amina was going to make a, a, a game of it. Um, you know, it's, it's certainly in that back half of the game, the, the, the twice that what Amina threw a max, Nathan threw a max in the same leg. So, so when, when what Amina was able to, to get that scoring going and, and, and he was able to hit those 180s, Nathan was able to just match him on that and 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 sort of just keep that distance and he never let him got, get close and I, and I don't I, I think you've got to credit Aspinall with that because he 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 just played very well very professional performance didn't light the world up didn't do anything you know staggering um on the stage but went out there and did everything that he needed to do to get the job done and get the match won it was it was a really professional performance for him I was very impressed yeah, and, and back to that sort of Nathan Arsenal determination, it seemed like, and I know it was mentioned in the Toms as well, it seemed like he had set himself target through that game. And one of the first ones being making sure he had a break, if not a double break, at that first interval. And down in a full one, there was a lot of emotion from Nathan Arsenal, which, yes, we see sometimes, but we don't always see that early on. And the fact he broke Jermaine Watamina in two out of the three times Jermaine had thrown, one was with a 13 data, one was with a 15 data just really showed that Aspinall knew that tonight it wasn't a, it wasn't about getting involved in a dotted fight that he's used to being in because what I mean is producing some good stuff at the moment. So he wanted to avoid that. And then in front early on seemed to be a huge motivation to him, as well as, which we've seen before, when his granddad's in the crowd, there always seems to be a special night for national performance. Even if it's not, you know, brilliant averages, big check outs, lads of 180s, it's just a very, very determined night for national. And for me, he was up for that from the off. Oh, and, and yeah, and, and it does. It showed you the way, the, you know, that the way that he came out and that, that first little mini session of five legs there, he, he, he just looked, he, he never looked like, Losing that match at, at, at any point, and, and as I say, even going into the second break, and what I mean, had, had pulled one of those break back, and they, they went in at six four. You you didn't feel at any point that that it was going to become that scrappy dog fight at all. Nathan was just very seemed very focused on just getting the job done. Um, I think he, he knew quite quickly in that game what he had to do. Getting off to such a good start's great because he's defending from there. No, he, he knows that if he if he holds his throw, he's, he's fine and it's not even going to be close. Um, uh, he managed to, you know, the break that, he, that Jermaine got, I, I took it back fairly quickly when, when they started the final session. And it, yeah, I, I just think there, there wasn't too much magnificent happened, um, but very professional, really good performance from the Aspen. Yeah, very much so. I do try and uh, 
keep looking to the comments for about our chats. And John O'Shea has joined us after asking. He was asking me earlier on what time we're going live, and he's joined us straight away with the comment about Josh <laughs> is still developing. John, we will move on to uh, Josh Roth very shortly because one thing I will say is I can't remember the last time someone has been spoken about so highly after losing a game of darts. It's been a very, very long time since someone's been spoken about in his life, and very much rightly so. But we will come on to that very shortly. Um, I mentioned there about break number one. Nathan Aspinall was determined, and it seemed like that full one. At interval number two, there was an incident that occurred that I missed at the first time of watching, and I had to rewind it back. Um, however, the idolised miss it did spot it. Um, so we're just going to go to that clip first. And because tonight's action has been that good, we've got a third person who's going to join the show as well, who is just sitting in our waiting room. So let's just hear, hear from the ass first, and then we'll get the third person in. Yeah, probably. But, um, yeah, it was it was no jest at Jermaine. You know, it's purely the fact that that's how I played in that second session. You know the sign, that's how I played in my eyes. Um, I did it, you know, I've done it. You know, it's just one of them spare-the-moment things. It's what it is, it's something I can do now. But, uh, yeah, it's, I can't say anything on that. It's what it is. Just for people who didn't spot it, you know I'm not one to swear, but it was something like this that happened on screen that Nathan Aspinall done. And you would think, Dan, that they would learn from these moments after someone did that the other day. Yeah, it's been a funny old tournament for hand gestures, hasn't it? It's like, <laughs> I don't know what we see next. Is someone giving it that? I don't know. What are we going to see in the in the, in the the next couple of days? It's been, yeah, definitely a tournament for, for hand gestures. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was exactly the same as you. I my, I had a completely... <laughs> I'd have completely missed it had it not been for. See, I think sometimes they'd have got away with murdering that most people wouldn't have known about that if the commentators hadn't allayed in and then uh, and mentioned it. And I found myself rewinding to have a, a closer look and a little chuckle. No reference. I just walked in. <laughs> no reference whatsoever to the hand gestures that were made on stage. Dob. Welcome to the show. Nice of you Hello. to join us. Yeah, that, that was an interesting watch for 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting and waiting and waiting perfectly because I was fortunate enough to be able to see your reaction in the background where no one else did. That's why I left you waiting just that little bit longer before we introduced you. Well, if you'd messaged me, I could have been sat doing the Aspinall sign inappropriately and then have been caught out and it would have been the same thing. But, you know, you don't think that far ahead. <laughs> Just your thoughts then before we move on to day number two, uh, Jack. Aspinall, getting over, Jack, I know, yeah. Getting oh, over the, uh, trying to remain professional. Getting over the line, not a... You've just pulled three different inappropriate signs and said fuck twice. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't swear on any occasion, so when you're listening to this on the podcast, <laughs> I did not swear. Right. Dob, <laughs> <laughs> over to you. I'm just on the just on the Asp performance. It was more of a, a gritted performance from Aspinall than not the battle that we've seen him so far throughout the week. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really get drawn into a battle, did he? He did the decent things early enough, got out ahead against Jermaine. You'd probably expect Aspinall to hold it together a bit more in the key moments than you see from Jermaine, who look, was was perhaps a bit of a surprise in qualifying compared to how he's been form-wise for the rest of the year. Um, very, very recent form has been good, so that wasn't really a surprise in that regard. But in terms of 
full campaign 2022, you would not have put Jermaine in this event. Um, it was job done for Asp. He's, he's on a different path at the minute. He's returned, looking really strong and is, is peaking at the right time for the season as well. Yeah, when the further we doze, the um, the less he will let him financially for the fine, I'm sure he's done a debt for that hand gesture that he made on stage. But we Did he make a hand gesture? We should have said. <laughs> we move on to game number two. And this one saw Johnny Clayton and Alan Suter do head to head. And for me, Johnny Clayton just to the net throwing in this game. Uh, and Alan Suter once again performing. We've seen it at the World Championship last year. We've not seen an awful lot from Suits to the levels he's performed before. Phil behaving in the chat room. But Dan, it was Alan Suter <laughs> who got over the line in this one. Yeah, and, and it was it was really interesting to to see that to see him sustain that level over a longer format. Obviously, we, the, we we've seen we've seen him a few times play play, play very well um, in in this tournament, and he's had a, a good well, he's had a very good year. But just to be able to stay, to sustain that. Now we did see, um, you know, we've talked about the form of Johnny Clayton this week and how he's played and how he's performed. We saw glimpses during that match and, and it did I, I was watching it and I was probably like lots of people waiting for it to fully click because it kept looking like it was you know one visit away you know he'd have a visit and, and then you sort of felt like if you could follow that visit up then we would he'd really just start to click in, into gear and it just didn't seem to quite get there the 136 was beautiful but it, it was too sporadic throughout the game for Johnny and he could he couldn't quite put a string of legs together. Um, but that should not detract away from what was a, a superb performance from Alan Suter. And, you know, held his nerve. It, you know, it, it did look like it could have got tight towards the end. Um, you know, at 9-8, there was, there was a chance, but he just found that 140 at the right moment. The 138 that came just after that was just really sucked the life out of a, a you know, a potential... Um, rise from from Johnny to, to really take that to the to the very edge but again a very professional performance from from Suter didn't look wobbled or unnerved at any point on stage looked very very comfortable um and and really impressive i think he, he's given a really really good account of himself this week especially tonight how have you mentioned that one free sit without mentioning the finger point that followed by Johnny Clayton Dan i do not know because we saw it at that time and yeah, I'm with you that I thought that was the time to back. However, Dob, coming to you on, on this checkout, for me, that really stood out, Jamie's mentioned it in the chat room. It was, at the time, it was 7-6 and Clayton was then back into it. Clayton had left 24 and then Alan Suter, on that trusted double 18 that he's used all week, set up the 1-1-4 perfectly. And yes, Johnny Clayton still battled back, but that seemed to be the point where the confidence levels lifted once more for Suits. Yeah, I think... But once Johnny takes out the one three six, momentum is sort of in his favour. He's got that bit more experience. He, he's won more titles, and you think if he gets on a little bit of a roll here, suits might start to wobble a bit. I completely agree with the fact that it's just not really been Johnny's year so far. He's looked knackered since I think since I saw him in Amsterdam, and even then he was probably waning a little bit at that point. So this dip in form overall has been coming. Um, but the response with the one four after Johnny's taken out the one three six, he takes the next leg as well, starts getting on that little bit of a roll. You're thinking, hang on a minute, is this the bit where Johnny 
turns it around, gets going, and we, we start seeing what Johnny's made of back end of the year. But it, it's just not clicking for him at all. Take nothing away from the suit's performance. was magnificent. Through the first 10 legs, I think he was averaging over 100, finishes with a 97 average. But that 114 just, just knocks the stuffing out of Johnny, who just can't seem to buy a deep run at the minute. Yeah, you mentioned there about how well Suits played throughout the game. Yes, there was spells where we dropped off and missed a couple of... He was swaying to ones and fives a few more oh, than we've seen throughout the week. And to be honest, Suits spoke about that performance and spoke about it in a bit detail that, that I still feel there's more to come. Let's hear from Alan Suter now. Um, I don't know. I, I don't quantify it in that way. I don't. I, it's a great question because I, I don't have an answer for it. I think everyone back home in Scotland will be buzzing off of that. But I, I just play darts and I think I'm better than that. I, I know I'm better than that. So to, I've played darts with these guys for 20 years, 30 years. But some of them went to PDC and got better. I'm now getting better, finding my feet, and I, I know I can cause a little bit of upsets in these tournaments. And for being in the top. 40 in the world, people look at me and think, oh, it's just suits, but I can take these guys out. Before we come back to Tom ends in that, many congratulations to Phil Bars for asking a great question for the first time Tom, in his lifetime. Even Suits no. replied that that was a great question. <laughs> well, I've done it once or twice before in the 10 or so years he's been doing it, but yeah, we'll give him credit where it's due. <laughs> A little did after he's uh, commenting the, the chat room before he's now jumped off. But just just one more thing on this game. Dan, we've seen, obviously, Suits now dead out of the line. We've seen him have a good run at the World Championships. Instead of just this spurts in these tournaments, do you think Suits... How far do you think Suits can push on up the rankings? Do you think he can reach top 20, top 16? Or do you think that's still too far with the commitments as well he has outside of the darting scene? I think, and where's he, where's he landed there? 36. Um, well, I mean, let's be honest, at 36, he, he's, not, he's not a million miles away from the magic 32, which is where things start to change for you in terms of seedings and, 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 and life being made a, li a little bit easier um, when it comes to the, to the bigger tournaments. So, so I think certainly to, to get into that pack is... is, is not not just achievable, but likely over the next six months. It, it's just about sustainability. It's just about how much he can sustain that level. Like he is, he, we've seen him <clears throat> go on runs. We've seen him go deep in pro tour events. We've seen him play very well in 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 tournaments. You know, he, he's he's going as, as as good as I've seen him in a tournament in the minute. But it, it's just how how much he can keep that level up. And yes, he does go away and do other things. You know, finishes work, drives back. Does a night shift comes back and and, and it, it I don't know to be completely honest it, it's it's going to be really interesting to find out just where he can because he's certainly got the level to compete in and around that top twenty five like he, he can he can he can certainly compete at that level very well you know without having to hammer his A game all the time it's just how often he can do it and can it, it and not so much how often he can do it in one tournament and put three, four games together in a tournament, because we know he can do that as well. It's whether he can play well in a tournament, go away, come back, play well over a period of two, three, you know, pro tour events, then play well at the next tournament. That that and, and sustain that level throughout a period of time. That's that's what's really interesting to see. Yeah, agree, Mr. Simpson. So that Alan Suter 10 8 win did seal a quarterfinal spot on Saturday night with Nathan Aspinall. And then we move on to game number three, 
I think this game needs to be brought up in sections, if I'm being honest, lads, because there were so many key moments in this one. And what a perfect way to start. We will come to you first, Dob. When the stores are 3-2 at the first interval and Michael Van Derwin is averaging 115.38, but he's losing 3-2, my God, what has happened? <laughs> What's happened is Josh Rock has gone absolutely berserk. The fact that he's won that fifth leg on a broken ankle as well is, is just crazy. Um, look, the kid's got it. And, and a lot of people have known the kid's got it for a long, long time now. I say a long, long time, in, in, in 11 months that we've seen or heard of him when he didn't make a massive splash when he first came into the PDC, right? He got his tour card, was pretty consistent, and then was just consistently 96, 97 on the Pro Tour. He didn't come in and smash up a Pro Tour. He didn't come in and start lifting titles or, or dominating Peter Wright, etc. off the board, but he was just consistently very, very good. And, and, and that's a little bit unheard of. And in the 11 months since, he's just got even better which is a scary thought when you already had the best average on the Pro Tour after the first four blocks or whatever it was. Um, he's just got bottle in abundance, not phased by anything, seems very grounded as well. The team around him seem superb. Uh, the other players and, and guys on tour can't seem to compliment him highly enough. Um, and he's just got that little bit of swag as well, hasn't he? He's got his little 180 celebration. It's not too brash, but it's not so much so that he just gets on with it and there's there's nothing for the other players to contemplate about. He, he just held himself together unbelievably well, promised a good performance, was content with a good performance. I think that's a little bit for future prospects. I think genuinely he might be kicking himself. that There's no way he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. You might be happy with that on first reaction because it is Marco Van Gogh. But when you've just had a chance at him and you're seven each or 8-8 or, eight, eight or whatever it was, you'll be kicking yourself just that little bit after the level of performance you put in. But yeah, the first five legs, which is what the question was actually about. <laughs> ridiculously good. Yeah, it was. It was ridiculously good. And then moving on to the sort of the second session of the Dame, Dan, obviously what we had in the first session was never going to be matched. However, at five apiece, the averages at that point were still 105 to Josh Roth, 111 to MVG. Um, with the session averages being 108 MBG and 104 Josh Rock. And I think what that showed is we saw a dip in performance by both players. But when you see a dip in performance by both players and one is averaging 108 and one is averaging 104, that just shows how great this game was, not just early on, but throughout. Yeah, it, re it really was just 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 something else. And it was it was completely blow for blow as well. And And I, and I did feel like they were feeding off each other. Um, Michael probably more so than, than Josh Rock. I think I do think Josh Rock was going about his business. You know, I, th I think he, he, he did what he said he was going to do and he was going to stand on stage and play his darts. Now, and I think that's what he did. I think he did play his game. I think what what the, the thing that not so much went wrong for Josh Rock, but what's caused him some trouble tonight is he's playing against one of the few players in the world that really, really, more than anything, feeds off his opponent playing incredibly well. And and there are you know 90% of people that Josh Rock coming and doing that, so doing hitting a nine so early in the game and, and playing the way he was would have would have had a negative effect on other people. On Michael Van Gerwen, it just made him play better. And and 
he looked, Michael Van Gerwen looked absolutely incredible. Like, he, he, he looked superb, like, properly at his best tonight, I thought. Um, and and that cause that's and you could at five all you you did just sort of thing I, you couldn't you couldn't predict what was going to happen because you sort of felt at five all it could it, it could have been could have been ten five either way or we could have gone to nine all and I decided it was they, they were just it was so bonkers and they were both playing so well you were almost looking for the first one to crack and it did feel at some point like somebody had to it couldn't be sustained at the level it was sustained and it did tail off a little bit. Um, Josh tailed off in the last couple of legs in of, of the match, um, and 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 Michael didn't, and that that really was the, the main difference in, in in this game is that Josh just ran out of steam in that back end legs seventeen eighteen, and Michael didn't stop, just didn't run out of gas at all. Yeah, just just before them last couple of legs, Dob. You know, MVG, we we know that he wants to beat records, whether that's in one game or whether that's a record that Phil Taylor's got or anything like that. But in this game, the record of the highest checkout was 141 and the turning point was MVG to the 142. Just to let that little one over Josh Rock, but what a time that was to to hit that 142 as well. Yeah, the other record he was potentially about to break was the highest losing average. So he wouldn't have wanted that one either. <laughs> um, that moment, look, I don't want to say I jinxed it either, but moments before that 142, that was at 7 all, wasn't it? I looked at my brother yeah. and went, this has been unbelievable from Josh. But it's got the feeling that he's going to be the plucky loser 10-8. And Elliot goes, what? You think Michael's going to win three of the next four legs? And I was like, he needs one break. 30 yes. seconds later, bang, he produces the 1-4-2 at the exact moment. Josh Rock does nothing wrong in that leg. Doesn't do an awful lot wrong in the next leg. Tries to cling on in, in what turns out to be the last leg. I think that's the one that gets away from him just a little bit. But the rest of it was solid. That 1-4-2 from Michael is just... It's just what he does. Right things, right moments. Michael Van Gogh in peak. And there's plenty in the chat room saying it. He, he doesn't get this result a year ago. Or he doesn't hit that a year ago and, and whatever else. He, there's just a there's just a different level of focus to him on TV right now. And that one four two proved it. Yeah, it did. And as you mentioned, that Dan alluded to the Josh Rock dropping off. However, MVG just had to hold his throw twice and he did it with a 15 and 16 data. And yes, we sometimes talk about 10, 11, 12 being fantastic legs, but under that pressure to be able to let a 15 dart and a 16 dart are just as big as what a 10, 11 is with that pressure on Josh Roth. Let's hear from MVG and then we will just come back and talk about the man who has surely developed Josh Roth. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but I'm also feeling well and I, I'm comfortable. Uh, my family is well, and that's all part of uh, part of the journey. Do you know what I mean? And from there on, I think I can even produce more. But I'm still in the tournament. I'm going well, but I've not won anything. You know, this is just a game of darts, and people also have to realise that. On the stage as well, you were very reserved. Where we had some celebrations. Not, not reserved. Key I, times. I, I wasn't reserved. I was just keeping my focus going, and sometimes you do it with. Uh, yeah, the different way of uh, celebrating a good shot, but now I was more into my own zone, and yeah, it helped me today, and I think I did well. He was very zoned, he was very. Go on, Dan. I said, I just think it's frightening that. Like, like if you're another player in that tournament, I think it's terrifying, like, you know, because it's not, it's one thing watching. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Can play well. Like it can, but you sort of know he's got that game. Like you know, I think what's really terrifying is when you, you listen to his interviews both straight after the game and then with Phil there. And and you think, oh man, like his mind is completely tuned in as well. And that's when he's really frightening because his game hasn't gone away. He's always got the game. When his mind's properly tuned in as well, and he and he's focusing, thinking about how he's acting on stage, where his focus is at, and 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 how he is going to achieve the best results. That I think is the thing that makes him a very, very frightening prospect at the minute. Yeah, very, very frightening. And when you add on that, the titles that he's won this year with the Grand Prix, the match play, the Premier League, the confidence is just through the roof for Michael Van Doen. And it needed that performance to stop Josh Roth. And just coming back, I alluded to it earlier, Dob, that when someone loses a game of darts, you are not normally waxing lyrical about someone as much as what everyone is on social media, everyone is on Sky Sports. And you know what? Even if you take away that nine data, which obviously no one ever would, but if you take away that, the whole game as well. But Josh Rock now that we've, there was a lot of talk from us a few Mondays back about the question marks are about what he can do on TV. Well, he shut the three of us up straight away, I think, with what he's done this week and not just tonight. But this was a guy who, in January, was around the 12 to 1 mark to that through Tuesday. 12 to 1, yeah. He's now with our uh, sponsors, Boyle Sports. He's 16 to 1 to win the World Championships. That has happened in 11 months. Yes, that's an, a huge amount of pressure on Josh Roth. But what what do you think are the realistic aims for Josh, the bat end of this season? Because after that, surely Stoy is just the limit. Look, there's a few things to dig into there. Firstly, to put those odds into context, but pre-Q school, Josh Rock was the same odds as Jerry Hendricks to get a tour card. He is now the same odds as Johnny Clayton to win the World Championship. That is a big progression in a very, very small time. <laughs> it, it's weird to see this. Look, you said, how oh, you don't normally get the interview at the end with a loser, etc. This is only the second time we've seen Josh on Sky TV, isn't it? Let's be honest. He didn't make the match play, so there wasn't that explosive burst right at the start of the season so it's actually the sport and the broadcaster taking note of, of floor performances which isn't very like them there's a lot of hype around Josh right now and quite understandable pro tour wins and whatever um so it, it's nice to see that that's being taken into consideration everybody else is picking it up I think if a Rob Cross hadn't have happened in the last five years you'd still be able to get decent value on Josh Rock you'd, you'd still be able to get very very good value on Josh Rock but Knowing that everybody was stung by Rob Cross in a very, very similar role, uh, you, you've had a, you've had Rob Cross and Leicester City win the Premier League in the last fifteen years. Nobody's offering you long odds on some new hotshot sensation 
in an era where, look, the top three are back, but the top three are also producing more performances where you can get them. There's more players that can knock them out early that open the door for everybody else. So if, if you're not on Josh Rock now, save your money because you, you're not going to get any value whatsoever unless you go big on him and then you've got to hope he goes all the way. I don't see any each-way value in him just for, for that part of the conversation. For the rest of the year, I think it's just keep doing what you're doing. Look, needs a good team around him. And at the minute, he is going through dispute with management. So he needs that resolved as quickly as possible. He needs to get a solid manager behind him. That There's a couple in the game that are very, very good that have been there or done similar with other high-profile players. Not get carried away with sponsors and, and whatever else may come. It seems very grounded. A lot of people have, have said that and definitely seems like there are a few people that will give him a, a flick around the ear or something if he starts doing anything too untoward. John O'Shea was in the chat room earlier. He travels a lot of him. John will keep him grounded in particular, and there's a few others in that regard as well. So keep your feet on the ground. Do what you can do at the Players' Championship. Go down to minor, Just enjoy that. He's got the World Youth Final to play as well as Players' Championship. The advantage he's got is he's not English, so he will not be out on the Friday night supporting the football. Uh, they've not qualified, so no distractions on that whatsoever. Um, but he has got a potential second-round meeting with Michael Van Gerwen again. And that will just be another test in, is Josh Rock ready for the very, very upper echelons of, of PDC darts? Clearly got the ability, clearly got the game. Everything else now is mentality, preparation, and, and keeping yourself grounded. And I think Wayne Mardo spoke about that pretty well on, on the coverage as well. He's just got to be, like I said, he's just got to be grounded. He's got to be prepared to, to go through the motions, keep building it up. He's passing every test that we've seen. And that was just us not getting ahead of ourselves as well. Earlier in the year, we, we saw this talent, we saw this ability. We're like, can he do it on TV? Well, that's the next box ticked off now, effectively. It's not a title, but it's still a solid performance, decent group stage, European Championships made second or third round, I think it was. Just keep building and building and building. You haven't got to reinvent the wheel first time out. Like To go and win the World Championship at 21 in your debut year would be sensational. Don't get me wrong. And if he's the first ever reigning world youth and world champion at the same time, good luck taking that away from him because I don't think that will ever happen again as well. But that's very much on the cards. But yeah, not get carried away. Feet on the ground. If you get another chance at Michael, there will be a lot of press. Especially as it's on a different broadcaster, right? Sky have had all the attention for the last two tournaments. They've had Josh's TV debut. They've now had this unbelievable match against Michael that has had a nine data. ITV are going to want a piece of that next week. They've already got in for the World Youth Championship. If they both get through the first round, I think Simon's got, uh, Michael's got Ryan Meikle. Josh has got uh, Cameron Menzies. So if they, if they both get through those two, a lot of attention on that Saturday will be about Josh versus Michael. It'll be on the main stage. And he's also got to prep for a World G final the following day as well. So, again, it's just preparation, keeping your feet on the ground, and then wait for that World Championship draw. He's safe in the knowledge that he's there. Keep taking opportunities. Keep playing in everything that you can. Um, and, look, if he's, look, we can make all the jokes we want in the world about is Josh Rock developed and should he be playing there. There's absolutely no way he's playing there next year. <laughs> at this rate there's a very good chance he's not even playing a dev tour first time round when it comes around in february or march or whatever is the first weekend yeah I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that just one more on josh rock before we move on to the final dame and dan i'm going to throw a message that i've had 
tonight from a friend in the chat room, John O'Shea. I've had a few throughout the year telling me how good Josh Roth is, but one tonight, told you it started with, he's only just starting. You ain't seen nothing yet. That is the words of John O'Shea. If that is correct, how scary is that for one, Nathan Durban, two, Tamron Menzies, and then three, the rest of the field? Well, it is. And I, because I think, and, and I, so we're our own worst enemy in, in sort of having little jokes about, you know, different things that go on in terminology. But because because there's two, there's two interpretations of asking whether or not Josh Rock is developed. Because in, in all honesty, if you say, you know, is it is it should he be on the development tour and is it you know or should he be competing you know on the tour with the PDC? I think that's a fairly obvious question that anybody knows the answer to. In terms of is Joshua fully developed into the dark player that he could potentially become? No. Like that's the that's the, the short answer. Like Josh Rock isn't fully developed into the dark player that he has the potential to be. And 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 that's not just his game. It's all the all the things that we alluded to before. It, it, it's being on that tour over a period of time, and and it's that almost you know being his job, being his living, be, you know being living the life of a full time darts professional on tour over a period of years and playing in big tournaments and dealing with sponsors and dealing with management and having to do media commitments and all these other things that come along with it that that are exponentially increased the higher up that order of merit that you go and the deeper you go into tournaments. And all of that has the potential to have an effect both on his mindset and on his game. Um, and, and, and that's, that's you know, in, in terms of it, could he develop further into a better doubt player? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I don't think, like, I, I think we'd be foolish to, you know, in any sport, realistically, barring potentially, you know, gymnastics maybe, where have you got someone at his age as a professional sports person that's fully developed and you know and hit their peak at his age? Well, the, virtually no sport in the world. So it is, yeah. You think, well, he can only he can only get better. There's lots of room within his ability to develop. So yeah, terrifying, really. If you you know if you're if you're if you're somebody else. You know, under thirty, who's thinking? You know, once, once, once this lot get out the way, I'll be able to, you know, go and bang a load of world championships in. Like he is, he is, he is the danger to your potential future, isn't he? He's that he's the man that's gonna, they're gonna, gonna prevent all those people reaching their aspirations. Yeah, he certainly is, and <laughs> many congratulations. I know we've spoken an awful lot about Josh Roth, but many congratulations for Michael Van Der Winning getting out of the line and butting a place in support finals of the Grand Slam. And his opponent was either Luke Humphries and Ross Smith. And Dob on this one, firstly, before we go into the Dame, did you feel a little bit sorry for these two? Because the fans were so pumped up for that MVG and Josh Roth Dame. They had the nine data, they had so much excitement that. To me, the crowd have been very, very good this weekend, and it's not something I've said before around Aldersley. I think they've been very, very good. But it was a little bit flat in this one from a crowd perspective when these two went onto the stage. I think the atmosphere was sucked out of the room a little bit in the very last leg of Michael versus Josh. There was a lot of respect given at that moment, but I think that was, oh, actually, we're not about to see the big upset. We'll, we'll give Michael respect. There was a couple of whistles earlier on in the Supes game as well, I think. Nothing that we're not used to seeing. I don't want to start letting it go and whatever, but just stop that shit. Um, but yeah, you're 100% right. I think 
look, Ross isn't slow, but he is that little bit more methodical as well that just takes half a second out of the game constantly, I think, with his action to, to set up and get that first start going. And, and that can suck it out a little bit as well. After you've just seen a game that has been built up as game of the year, one of the best games ever at the Grand Slam and, and whatever else you want to put on that, a 9 dart you're 100% going to get that that vacuum of atmosphere. Still a very, very good game, competitive game. It had its moments. It, it swung both ways. Um, no real ignition moment, I think that's fair to say. Ross went seven perfect twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which got the reward that it deserved in the crowd reaction and whatever, but there was no big tum plus checkout. There was no big sucker punch. It was more like, you miss, I hit, rather than I'm going to do something incredible while you're up against it or whatever else. So that didn't help either, end of the night, not horrendous. But like I said, it's still not a terrible game. Mid-90s averages over this distance, nothing to be shirked at. Um, solid performance from Luke Humphreys, I guess, is the main takeaway from this. Ross comes back at him a little bit. More recent major winner, Luke Humphreys has been to UK Open finals, been talking about potentially going and picking up a, a major for Luke Humphreys, who has now gone to a, a record high in the rankings as well. And he seems in a better place right now, Dan, I think is the place I'm trying to go with this for Luke Humphreys, is that start of the year very brightly, four Euro tours, drops off a bit with the birth of his child, terrible tournament just before that. I think it was the Grand Prix, but mine clearly not on that. Struggles for a couple of weeks to get back into it, but now he's, he's picking back up again at exactly the right time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we didn't we didn't see the best of him in in that match, but but he won the game. You know, he 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 won the game against a guy that threw ten one eighties and twenty one forties. So like he's he's it's really weird. The numbers didn't make sense. That like you can you can try and unpick this game, but, but don't try it with the statistics because they don't make sense. Like they, I'm sure they don't. Add, like, none of the math seems to add up. It's really bizarre, um, but. Yeah, it, it was. I think I said it earlier on about about Nathan Aspinall in, in that it was it was a professional performance. You know, he, he got himself ahead, and and he he just kept Smith at arm's length, and he and he did what he needed to do at the right time to just make sure that it didn't become too tight. It didn't become too much of a dogfight. There were a few moments towards the end where there was just a bit of potential. Smith Smith's doubling, if if. If he'd have hit, maybe, well, I suppose you can see it's all, it's all down to legs. If he could have just upped that doubling percentage a little bit, this was this would have been a really tight game. In in terms of scoring, they, they matched each other blow for blow, I think, throughout. And, and, and Smith scored very well. It, he just, at the most important moments in the game, couldn't get those doubles out. Um, and that is eventually what, what undid him, to be honest. And it was just... Luke Humphreys with a with a very professional performance, hitting the doubles when he needed to, closing out the legs every, every time he had a bit of pressure on him, just managed to get the leg done before that pressure came back, and he was sweeping up legs when Ross was missing, um, and, and, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't there was there was no real fireworks, there was nothing really to sort of um, write home about, but. Luke Humphrey's definitely, definitely on the up. He's going to have to up his game, I think, to go any deeper in the tournament without a shadow of a doubt. But it was a promising performance. And we know he's got an unbelievable, he's got an amazing A game. I mean, just 
like you know when we talk about the the, the year that he's had or the, you know the, the sort of certainly the way that, that this is done the two years that he's had that win tonight moved Luke Humphreys up to number five in the world like that's that's how that's that's huge that's absolutely massive when you look at the company that he's keeping up there in that top five like that's monstrous um so you know he's got the air game. He just didn't quite find it tonight, but we'll see what he comes. We'll see what he comes uh, back with. We'll yeah, I think, what, I think one thing that does allow is, especially with the Grand Slam, it allows that day's rest. And I think that will be needed more by Luke than it will MVG. I think MVG would prefer to be playing it then tomorrow night with the sort of bounce of what's happened tonight, where for Luke Humphreys that rest will be good for him. Let's hear from Luke Humphreys now. Yeah, I mean, forget about me and Ross, you know, I think it was hard for us both to practice in that, like the 45 minutes they were playing, because it was, I mean, I'll watch it back, but probably in the top five games I've ever witnessed, you know, Michael was absolutely, I mean, all the credit will go to Josh, but I think we have to give a little bit of credit to Michael there, because he was absolutely unbelievable, and that's a vintage performance from him, and, you know, Josh was fantastic, but, you know, I hope the credit goes to Michael as well, not just Josh, because that was one of the best games I've ever witnessed, to be so hopefully you don't play that against me um, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not worrying, you know. Obviously, Michael has is, is got that ability at the moment where he can play fantastic, but he can also be human. I think if you know in 2017, you, you probably first to 16, you discount your chance for you walked up on the stage. But I know he's human. I know I know he can have mistakes in him, and you know I'm going to have to play a hundred times better than what I just did. But you know, I've beaten him on long distance games before. You know, UK Open semi final, I was, I was I won 11 5, so I know I can do it. Um, and that's that's the key because if you don't believe you can do it, then you won't do it. So, yeah, I've got, I got the belief there, but I'm going to try and make sure the next 36 hours goes right, you know, get my energy levels up and make sure I walk up on that stage feeling 100%, not like 70% I felt tonight. That is when you know one player is playing really well, or unbelievable, I should say. Is when the word human is coming into the interviews. It means that they are questioning how good that guy really is right now. And Lou Humphrey's done that just there, then talking about his next opponent's MVG. We are going to move on to predictions for tomorrow night. But before we do, as me and Dan have done for the past two nights, we've had a little prediction down between ourselves, haven't we, Dan? And we got very, very close tonight because we certainly have had a little game. (laughs) With that first one, we both had the Asp to win, and neither of us. At the store line right. I went with Alan Suter to win 10-8, which was direct and levelled things up. We both went for the MVG win and we was the either side to that. And then it all rested on Luth Humphreys and Ross Smith. And I had Ross Smith to win 10-9. You had Luth Humphreys, which means Dan was the winner of the uh, last 16 predictions, which I was fuming about because I was gloating by the time that Suter got over the line. I thought I'm really back in this. I, I thought you were in, to be honest, when Suter got over the line. Certainly when you picked the correct score, because I thought, oh, he's done me here, but no. <laughs> and then even even then towards the end of that last game, I thought I thought Humphreys has got this, but I might get the correct score here. I need there was I, Ross Smith missed a double. I thought, oh, he's literally just done me on the correct score. I'd have sailed that. <laughs> but it it uh, lines up perfectly to then look at tomorrow night's games and Two great games we've got uh, for quarterfinal Friday, starting with Michael Smith versus Joe Cullen. He's been let off because he's not been on the past couple of nights, so I'm going to start with Dobb and put the pressure on him nice and early. 
we move up to the first to sixteen. Is it best thirty-one? Right, insane. Tomorrow Which night. Is a got... Stupid jump, by the way. Because I've not gone for three nights, I've not had a chance to have a pop at this format. But yet again, players playing that you played in the group and a race to sixteen. Grow up. Yes, as you said, players that played in the group. We we had a, a little rant about that last night. Uh, Dog, we're all but... in a bit of shambles. Coming to you. And does that glass refill itself? I've got a I've got a maid. Does it? The worrying thing is, we all believe that he's got a maid next to him. Yeah, let's remember that. Does he cheer that saying it? Dog, you are you are boy, you're playing for time here. I know exactly what you're doing. What is the result on this first game? Which way are you going? Uh, Michael 1612. It is repeat. From the opening game, yes, it's a slightly longer format. But 16-12 for Dob. And I believe it's mean you want tomorrow night. So they, these are being noted down. So I can remind you tomorrow night, like I've done with Dan, but it backfired. Dan, over to you on this one. Bully boy or Rockstar? Well, it's done me a little bit there because that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like I that's exactly what I was gonna go for. Um so to make it different, I've got to go slightly one way or the other. I've got to either give Cullen a little bit more or a little bit less. <laughs> and and I'm inclined to give him a little bit less and go Smith 16-11. I am going for the full out, but I've had Bully Boy to win this tournament. I tipped it last week. I'm around the same mark, which is really worrying, but I'm going to go the other way. Um, but I'm going to add a couple more on. I'm going to go 16-14 for Michael Smith. And then the second game, again, it's a game that we saw a few days ago. And Derwin Price certainly had question marks about Barney doing this over on the format after we beat him um, the first time around. Dan, come to you first on this one. Is it going to be Barney's uh, love affair with Wolverhampton continues? Or is it going to be Derwin Price's love affair with Wolverhampton continues? Does the both love the place? Ah, sod it. Um, Raymond van Barneveld, 1640. Damn, damn, damn. Well, everyone else is going to say it either way. So, I'm, you know, somebody might as well go out and say it. Can't you tell when someone's not on the following night? When they yeah, that's it, you know, that is that's it. If I was on tomorrow night, I'd be thinking far more. I'd be taking far less risks about looking foolish. I can sit in my own house tomorrow and not look daft. <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure I will look daft, yeah. Always do. Dob, over to you. I've got a feeling looking at the uh, facial expressions of that one, you're going one way, but what result are you going with? I'm going to ask Dan what the bloody hell's in that glass, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, don't touch that again. You've gone stupid. Um, especially if it goes close. If Barney's going to win, by the way, it has to be by a distance because if it gets close, Gezi wins. That, that's how this works, right? But it doesn't get close at all. It might be close for the first mini session. And then after that, it gets nowhere near it. 16 7 going price. I will be coming in the chat room for those predictions and popping a few up on the screen shortly. For me, I can't see anything other than a price win. Dob, I'm edging closer towards yours as well. 
over this over this distance now, if anybody's got anything other than a Gerwin Price, Mark Van Gerwin final, you're deluded. I I haven't got that because I still think Michael Smith can produce. Um, however, I think I'm going to go for Price to ten, so sixteen ten for the win Price. Let's just pop into the chat room and see some of the stores. We've got a 16-4 from uh 16-11, sorry for Michael Smith from Harry. Bob's on 16-14 Smith. Craig's Anyone? also on the same store. Jamie's on 16. Oh, yeah, 16-10 Tullen. So Jamie's on 16-10 Tullen. Then we're moving on to the Barney Dame. And I've got a few pe I've got a feeling that a few people in the chat room have done with a heart as well. Because let's start with a few of these. Bob, 16-15 Barney. Craig, 16-14, Barney. Jamie's done more along the lines of what me and Dob and done for and 16-8. We've got another 16-13, Barney. They are split 16-12, Price from G's. Collins on 16-12, Barney. Tommy, 16-12, Desi. There is a right mixture in the chat room in this one where it seemed to be more bully boy in the first one. But that does mean for night six, we are at a close. Dob, I believe it's me and you on tomorrow night. Yeah, if I have to. <laughs> Dan Simpson, thank you very much for your company for the past three nights. And again, well done on your predictions. It pains me yeah. to say it, but it's you snut over the line. Me you boys have lost a predicting competition. Imagine my shot. See, that, see, see, that's why I feel very comfortable having won the prediction competition, being able to save Barney and just run away and see you all again. <laughs> the one, the one thing that I'm holding on to, I'm holding on to with that is I did predict that Peter Wright went there at the group, and I predicted that Alan Sears would beat Johnny Clayton, and they're the two shots. Nothing else I'm going to say the rest of this week is going to be right, but they're two. Although, it, although it is Friday night tomorrow. So I'll be in the pub and there's a decent chance that you guys will be on the telly in the pub. So if I have got that right, Barney 16, 14, I expect at least a, at least a mention on that one. You only get a mention if you're drinking on this show, if you're playing a drinking game before. And that's right, isn't it, Dob? And someone says Glenn Durrance or stuff like that. You <laughs> was on as well, Dan. You remember the night. Right. You didn't thank, thank you. me for that the following morning. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> thank you very much everyone for joining us in the chat room another night show thank you as always to ball sports our sponsors and we will be back tomorrow night after the two quarterfinals of first 16 thank you very much gents and i will see you tomorrow